Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Scott Ward. Scott, are you ready to do this? Yes. Excellent. Let's do this. Scott is a CFP in AIF and a senior relationship manager with Johnson Sterling. He is also an ambassador for the CFP board. I'm excited to have you on. Scott, tell us a little bit more about your work, some, more, some about your personal life, and tell us why it is you do what you do. Sure. Well, first and foremost, George, thank you for having me on your show. Um, my wife, Lauren and I are uh, natives of Alabama. We have two sons, uh, Graham and Thomas, and uh, I. We we have lived in in three major cities during our 15 years of marriage, and we are grateful to live now live in Birmingham. Uh, I'm I'm in the field of retirement services. Uh, now that's the label, George, but it. Truthfully, my role is to, to help people uh, free themselves from financial stress. And uh, while I may work with planned participants, um, the, the, the practical reality is is that uh, it's more than just about a 401k. It's, it's about trying to make a difference in, in someone's um, life in, in some capacity. Well, I certainly appreciate that, and I think that we're reading from the same script um, in the reason that we're working in this industry. So mm-hmm. I think that that's excellent. Um, well, helping people alleviate financial stress, get their financial lives on the right track, all those different things, um, what's an area that you found through your work that if people were able to make an improvement would yield the best outcome? George, I think it comes down to one word, and that's stewardship. Uh, we have a finite amount of resources that we that we have in terms of not only money. Uh, we can always create more money, but we can't create more time. And so I think that um, making the most of, of time, and not only in our professional life, but also our resources, um, can make a big difference in in our own financial circumstances. I definitely agree. I mean, we we only have one opportunity, one uh, crack at this life. Um, at least that's 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 my belief on it. So need to be very, very, very careful about how we spend our time and our money. And I think that as we get older, we, we, we gain an appreciation for that. Um, do you think that that it's, it's a, a newer phenomenon that people are struggling with this, or is it just... What are your thoughts on why it is that that, that, that that people are not necessarily being good stewards with their money? Well, it's a great question. Uh, two, two great two questions uh, there, actually. Uh, I, I don't think it's a new phenomenon. Uh, of course, I can't go back um, uh, two or three hundred years. But w- what we have here are a set of circumstances to where you have six out of ten people, uh, six out of ten American workers say, their number one source of stress is finances. And you dig a little deeper and you say, well, why is that the case? And eight out of 10 say, well, it's 
because I have lack of control. And I, I think it's that it's that matter of, of control that's keeping people from moving the needle, getting ahead. And so I think that one charge that we have uh, as practitioners is to come alongside these uh, American workers and say, you know, what's really going on here and how can we uh, change the conversation in a way that that can be helpful to your own set of circumstances. And I think that there are some ways that we can help people think differently about their finances and see some hope. And uh, I like talking about those, those, those opportunities. I am. I, I, I would love to hear what, what those are because I know that nobody well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I'm going to stop qualifying all my statements. People don't want to be aggressive or abrasive with people. and But at the same time, sometimes people need a wake-up call. And um, so h- how do you balance that? How do you have that firm conversation with somebody without offending them or hurting their feelings, for lack of a better term? Wow. So I don't know the answer to that question, George, uh, because everybody has a has a you know a different personality and a different set of circumstances. So I I'm going I'm a little bit reticent to give a uh, a, a one sentence answer, sure, but sure. I, I think I think that um, I think your blog uh, uh, earlier this month on personal responsibility uh, was a good one, and I think that. Um, changing the conversation to focus on being responsible about uh, the circumstances is, is a good one. I think some people feel like that they're victims. Some people don't. Some people know that they uh, have a set of circumstances about their relative to their finances that they don't like and that they want to change. They just don't know how. Um, and so I think that as practitioners, we've got to come alongside people where they are and say, well, there's nothing we can do about the past. And if you really want to change, uh, we can help with that. And I think that sometimes people start to see the light at the end of the tunnel and start to uh, make effective changes with, with just taking small little steps. If they get small little wins, that's just enough encouragement to take the bigger steps. And, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. If you start talking to people about, everybody knows that they need a budget, right? I mean, there's nothing new right. about the concept of a budget. Um, but what I find is, is that whenever you start talking to people about, okay, well, they, you've got, have, you, have you taken a, a, a strong look at your budget? And where can you find some uh, opportunities to save more or maybe spend less. And while a lot of people that I talk to want to go through that exercise, they just find it inundating or boring or too complicated. And so I, I'm charged with the responsibility of saying, okay, well, oh, maybe going through an extensive budget that requires you to fill out two or three pages on a worksheet uh, maybe too difficult at this time, but what are two or three areas in your spending habits where you maybe could spend a little less 
just two or three. That's all I'm asking, just two or three. I know for the wards, it's eating out, okay? And so what if we were to, to save a little bit uh, on the spending in two or three areas, and how would we use those resources differently? So that's one area of opportunity that I had in mind. I think that that's excellent, and I think you, you highlighted a lot of really important stuff. Um, the idea of, of meeting people where they are, that's, I think it's tough for a 20-year-old to, to look down the road to age 70 <laughs> and to be empathetic about, hey, 70-year-old <laughs> George is going to need money too, so I really mm-hmm. ought to be putting some money away. Um, and the idea that that we've all been through this before and we all make mistakes with money and you shouldn't feel embarrassed or ashamed about it because those emotions will sometimes cause you to do nothing and just keep doing what you're doing. So making those incremental small steps, I think, is so key for people. It really is. And there, you know, there may be someone who's listening who might say, well, you don't know what I've done and you don't know how much debt I've amassed. But I can tell you that um, there's no situation that is unique. Uh, there are lots of people who've struggled with similar circumstances, but with small incremental changes have found a better way. And so I, I don't think that any situation is hopeless. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And you eat an elephant by taking one bite at a time. So I think. <laughs> so, George, let's, let's talk about the other side of the, this uh, equation for just a moment, if you don't mind. No, I mean, please. let's. Yeah, both uh, the the two of us have the privilege of supporting both employees and employers. You know, employers are the plan sponsors, the employees are the plan participants. I I think that another opportunity, and it's not it it's getting some 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 steam now, but uh, I think there's an opportunity for employers to to gain a competitive edge of picking up on this conversation about employees financial stress and and running with it and there's not only um there's not only uh an advantage of actually connecting with your employees in terms of okay well i I understand you're having you might be having financial stress so i get it and we want to you know provide education we want to provide tools and resources that can help you deal with with this stress but the practical reality is employers who take financial wellness seriously can gain a competitive advantage as well because the average expenditure per employee who has to delay retirement because they've made some wrong financial decisions over time and don't have enough set aside for retirement, the, the sticker price for delaying retirement uh, for an employer is very high. It's about $50,000 per employee. And so there's there's two compelling reasons um, here at stake. Uh, it's good for the employee to talk about these things that we've talked about today, and it's good for the employer to not only understand them, but to make these conversations uh, real and present in the workforce. Yeah, certainly. And 
we get so many of our so many of this so much of the stuff that we have is 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 from work site it's it's our health insurance it's our 401k and so why not why not offer your employees the ability to to have that financial wellness or financial literacy training whatever it might be and there's certainly like you're talking about um i think that it makes sense for them to do it, but there's also a, a clear monetary incentive for them to do that. Do you, do you think well, there, that... There is. Go ahead. No, you're right. Um, so that's easier said than done. Um, do you have recommendations on how, how an organization would evaluate or, or implement a program? Well, I think that it starts with with actually uh, talking with with the participants uh, about this in real terms, in language that they can understand, uh, in uh, forums that are comfortable with them. I think that there's been a trend in the retirement services industry to uh, relay all messages online. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. <laughs> But uh, how many emails do you get a day, George? Uh, quite a few. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You're on a recorded line. Uh, how many of them do you read right away? <laughs> I, I, I endeavor to not read emails immediately at all. So, so yeah. I mean, that's not unique to you. It's It's a common experience. And so if we think about it, there are some people who don't even have uh, immediate access to their emails, or uh, when they do have uh, access to their emails, that they are very selective in the amount of time uh, that they actually invest in, in reading those emails. And so I think we've got to find ways to not only uh, talk about the right things, but communicate with people in a, in a way that, that they want to be communicated with. And sometimes that means face-to-face uh, -face communication and actually listening and um, responding to the feedback that they that they give. And so I think employers can gain a competitive advantage and say, we want to host uh, presentations. Uh, we want to we want to send out our printed materials. We want to send out emails. We want to we want to think about multiple channels. Of, uh, 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 in which we can actually communicate uh, with with our participants. Uh, but the practical reality is, George, um, that the it's not a at this stage it's not a it's not a matter of uh, the amount of content that's the problem. It's not a financial literacy problem. It, it's a uh, it's a circumstance of participants uh, actually having a real opportunity to talk about what's really on their mind and someone actually listening to those concerns and saying, I hear you and there's a better way. And let's talk about, you know, moving the needle together. I think that that all definitely makes sense. And that is, I, I agree. I think that, that people are looking for that. We are absolutely inundated by, information 24 hours a day now and it's in our pockets and, and it's everywhere we look so so much of this stuff does have a tendency to become noise and 
if you can actually mm-hmm. in a person and make a connection. Um, I don't think either one of us are saying that we're going to wave a magic wand and all of a sudden half of your employees or 100% of your employees, they're going to change their behavior. But if you could get 10% or 15% of your employees every year to change your, their behavior, well, a couple of years into that program, you'd probably be really, really glad that you did. Absolutely. And I do think that going back to what we're talking about, that's the incremental change that that's that's how an individual gets out of financial difficulty. It's it's one buy at a time. It's it's reducing debt mm-hmm. a little bit of a time. It's saving money and getting your workforce in a place where they are going to actually be able to retire should they choose to do that. Uh, and they're not stressed at work. They're not spending time worrying about their finances uh, instead of helping your company to be more successful. I think that that's a, a, a benefit for everybody involved. No doubt about it. I mean, if you think about it, uh, and the um, Price Waterhouse uh, Coopers has a financial wellness survey that they produce annually, and one of the, one of their findings is that uh, employees are spending an inordinate, inordinate amount of time at work dealing with personal financial issues, somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four hours per week. That's an awful so, long time, right there. <laughs> Yeah. So what if, you know, what if we can empower these employees in a way that to, to where they're, they're spending less time at work dealing with these financial issues and uh, that they can gain more control over their financial circumstances. And so one of the charges that I, that I also take responsibility for is, 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 is the whole concept of communication. If I'm speaking to an audience of retirement plan participants, one key element that I keep in mind is this. It's not necessarily what I say uh, that's the most important element. It's what the audience hears. And so we've, we've got a lot of terminology um, that we use in our industry, George, and that, that sometimes doesn't always resonate with, with, with the audience. Uh, and we could spend hours on, on that subject, but I, I think that what people are looking for is some straight talk, uh, to your point earlier in terms of, let's be honest about the circumstances. But I think what people find helpful is to say, okay, well, I know about a budget. I know about a worksheet. But boy, if we can find ways to help them think creatively or maybe differently, have a fresh approach to thinking about the same subjects, but just in a different way, sometimes that can help them take that first incremental step that you were just talking about a moment ago. I definitely agree. Everything... uh... The language we use, everything. It's so important to actually mm-hmm. reach people. And so at the end of the day, that's what we're interested in doing is, is actually being useful, right? <laughs> right. So. Right. Well, excellent stuff. Well, Scott, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Uh, stewardship and control. Uh, there are only about 16 hours of day uh, when we're not sleeping. There are only uh, that, that, that equates to about 112 hours per week, only 5,824 hours per year. Uh, 
And so I think that it's important to step back and say, there are lots of things uh, that I can't change, but the things that I do have uh, power over in terms of how I spend my time, how I, how I uh, manage my resources, uh, hour by hour, day by day, can make a meaningful difference over time. And I'll just start, I'll just go back to uh, one element that I mentioned earlier in our conversation, George, and that is this. If we feel like we are just um, stuck, and even though we may want to save more, we just are finding difficulty in actually finding the resources to save more or to whittle down debt or do both, let's think about just two or three areas in our spending habits now that uh, where we can maybe either spend less or even carve out altogether. And let's, let's use those resources that we would otherwise spend uh, toward our own financial goals, whether it's saving more or uh, paying down debt. But I think just finding those two or three areas can make a big difference over time. Well, I love it. That is great stuff that definitely gets a come on. Come on. So, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where could Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, I also work for uh, Johnson Sterling. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful uh, to spend this time with you today, George. Thank you very much for, for having me on. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. and. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Scott your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find him on LinkedIn, and also I will list the uh, the website for Johnson and Sterling as well. Thank you again, Scott. Thank you, George. And, Take care. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!